You're listening to Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. I'm not sure, because we are the rights holders for the Flames here on Sportsnet. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how far out our influence reaches. But if there's any way that we can do a little drinky party with Brady Kachuk, <laughs> games one and two or oh, whatever. Yes. Three I'm, and four. Let's get a watch party. Yeah, now. whatever it yes. is. If if Brady just wants to hang out for a few days, that would be splendid Keep, entertainment. Let's make him the mayor the for Lock. a month here. Let's go. Yeah. Game I, three, Sunday, I, long weekend. Bring in Pops, too. Yeah, I didn't see Pops. They showed the, uh, now, if you've been on the social media at all, there was uh, the Kachucks were ready. Mom was there and Brady and the girlfriend. And then uh, I'm guessing it's the grandpa or whatever. So there was the four of them at the game last night. And. Brady's throwing out shirts at the red lot mm-hmm. beforehand and then is in the stands and he's high-fiving people. And he, he was in Dallas. He's moving around. He was, uh, as as uh, his brother said, he's been on quite a what a, quite a run since uh, his mm-hmm. season ended in Ottawa. It's a heater. So he's on a real heater. And he was in the thick of it last night with his Matthew Kachuk friendship tour t-shirt. You can't wear it. You're probably not right that he would wear a Flames jersey. But he can wear the shirt supporting his brother and his his antics. Yeah, it'd be different if this was a, a divisional foe. It's the sentence. Like, now if you see them twice a year. I'll say this. I don't know if we should send him up to Edmonton. I worry a little bit about his safety up there. I don't worry about his safety at all. <laughs> I, <laughs> that guy is built to oh, party just, and scrap. I, He's going to be fine. That's hostile territory for anybody, let alone... A Kachuk family member. I just I worry a little bit that there'd be strength in numbers up there. So let's just keep him here. Uh, Cozy confines. It's a good plan. Pierre Dorian, probably not a fan of what's going on, but you know what? (laughs) We'll work it out. But man, it's uh, hilarious watching him last night do his thing. And uh, like you said, in Dallas, too. Where's Mark Stone? What, you afraid to come support your brother? Well, it's time. We know you're the second best stone. One, 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 one of them's having a great playoffs. Don't be a hater. The other one's got to get out, get his ass out here and support him. One's a flame. You were almost a flame. Mm. Just suck it up. Don't worry about it. Game number one, Battle of Alberta in Calgary. Wednesday and then game two, Friday. We uh, What do we have here? The uh, They announced last night the, uh, the broadcasting uh, teams for these series. Yes. It'll be Chris Cuthbert with the play-by-play, Craig Simpson, the analyst, and Scott Oak doing the ringside reporting. That's the lead team, and there's only one Canadian series left. We're guaranteed to have one Canadian team moving on. Harner Ryan Singh, Louis DeBrusque, and Dan Murphy will do the Blues-Colorado Avalanche series. And John Bartlett, along with Greg Millen and Kyle Bukoskis, will cover the Tampa-Florida series. That's going to be a good one. That is going to be a good one. And correct me if I'm wrong, it looks like every series is every other day except for Tampa, Florida, and they've got a back-to-back mixed Look at in there. you doing research here. Uh, the, for, the entire first round was every other day, no adjustments. And I know they'd like to do it that way, but it looks like you found a little scheduling quirk. Yeah, I thought I saw a little back-to-back There's there a Sunday-Monday, the... games three and four. In Florida? In Tampa. Tampa. Ooh, wow. 
And I wondered because I know the Heat, there was some hue and cries like because the Heat are still playing. Mm-hmm. And the Panthers, well, for the for the Miami sports fan, can you stagger this in any way? Obviously, they don't use the same facility, but to have the same team going on the same night. I thought I, you were talking about the Stockton Heat. I was waiting for the connection. I'm like, what? Oh, no, 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 the, no, my, no. the Miami oh, the, Heat. The NBA's, yes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. But Batman doesn't care about the NBA. It's like, screw you. You go on Tuesday, we're going Tuesday as well. So, yeah, the, uh, the two that'll go tomorrow, a, what do we got, a 7.30 start. St. Louis, Colorado, and a 5 o'clock start, Tampa Bay, Florida. I like that that uh, Battle of Florida, Battle of Alberta. Yeah. I I remember a little bit about the Battle of Florida. Was it a thing? Well, there wasn't, there wasn't, it was kind of lopsided while I was down there, but uh, we, we would play four or five exhibition games against them, and man, were they tough, Florida. Like, they had Paul Laws, and they had... Joey Tedarenko up front, Rocky Thompson, oh. and those. Was Jody Shelley there, Peter Worrell. Oh, Pete oh, Worrell was, was there. Tough. I don't remember Jody. Oh, I had a little scrap. I might be Pete off Worrell with once. Jo- yeah. No, you didn't. Yeah, actually, Peter Worrell's a. That's it, a and You're son. here to talk about it. it you survived went okay, that. Okay, so it was my first year in Tampa. Stan Drulia, teammate of mine, what a name, gets absolutely crushed by Pete. And he goes sideways and backwards into the boards. And I didn't know if Stan was ever going to get up. And I'm like, I'm the closest guy. Here we go. And the element of surprise worked in my favor. What, did he give you a piggyback around the ice? Like, how did that go? No, we we threw a few punches. Yeah, Yeah, he was a... That might be the largest... I would guess that's the largest human you fought. The the only the only thing you kind of had going for you is Pete was not real sturdy on his skates. Don't get hit by those long arms, let me tell you. Get in tight. But uh yeah, it was it was wasn't a long one. It was a quick one, but gotta do what you gotta do. Oof. And I think probably much like what we saw in the Dallas series and probably what we'll see in the Edmonton series, that one will start with a bit of a ferocious nature and then so. wean itself off when the games start to to matter. But man, I think as far as tone setting. The Panthers and Lightning, certainly the Panthers. Seeing Tampa go to seven, knowing that the miles are starting to... A lot of hockey the last two years. ...rack up on the Lightning. There's some questions about where Vasilevsky is at. It sounds like Kucherov isn't right. Good point. Man, if he plays, I'd be stunned at this point. Yeah. So a chance here early for Florida to really assert themselves. Is Bobrovsky a question? Has been for since he went there. Like, to be he, honest, is he going like, to be the is he going to be the sticking point in that series? They haven't been great defensively, and they've just been able to outscore their problems. And Washington gave them fits. Now they did end up outscoring their problems, but it took comebacks and rallies and the post on an empty net from Garnet Hathaway in Game Four. Um, they're not playing their best hockey at all, and I think if you had to say what end of the rink they're stronger in, it's clearly the offensive zone. And now, Tampa can play both ways. We've seen that. The thing, the thing for me now, like you said, Vasilevsky wasn't wasn't otherworldly in that first series. Like he 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 let in a few goals that were just not not like him. But that last game, game six and seven, oh yeah. And it's, but we saw shades. That doesn't bode well for for Florida. Bobrovsky, 2.79 goals against, nine oh six save percentage. And I just think about since he got there. Like they made him the highest paid goalie, not named Carey Price, I believe. Seven year deal. 
10 million a year. He was the only active goalie with two Vezins at the time. He's been middle of the pack since then. Bad year, okay year, decent year. Like it's he's he has not looked like a Vesna candidate since he arrived in Florida. He has been that guy in Columbus in prior stops, but not there. And maybe that's a function of of the defense that they do or don't play in front of them. You know what Aaron Ekblad's good at and not good at? <laughs> yeah. Like I there's do. a lot of guys there that uh, might fly the zone to try to get an odd man rush. Um I, I don't know. I, I don't think you can say Florida going into series, oh, they got a huge edge in net. No, absolutely not. Not in this one. I don't think anybody would be saying that with Florida, would they? Maybe no. against Washington last round, but then it didn't yeah. turn out to be much of one. Like they, they were behind a lot. Like Washington, we didn't know who was going to play the bulk of the minutes in that series. That, that, that's been a major Achilles heel there. And they have Spencer Knight, who also is highly touted and hasn't really put a full season together at the NHL level that's been good either. Flashes here and there. Mm-hmm. St. Louis, Colorado. Bennington has been the guy there at the second half of that series and beating the Wild. Colorado looks like they'll get. I mean, it looks like they'll get uh, Kemper Kemper back because he had the stick blade of Johansson through the mm-hmm. the cat's eye of the the mask there. Still pretty quiet with Freddie Anderson and Carolina. Yeah. Ranta came back in there and got the series done for them. Shesterkin bounces back in Game Seven against Pittsburgh. Well, he'd been hooked to what? Games three and four? Back to back. Three and four or five and, and six. And we're like, how is, how is Louis Domingue beating Igor Shesterkin? Well, he didn't. <laughs> it was close, though. Mika Zibanejad. Ooh. All of a sudden, the house on fire the last couple games. He's an alien, right? We've seen him. him. That's the odd-looking duck. <laughs> Finisher. The Rangers trailed... In the series, three games to one. They trailed in game five, two nothing. In game six, two nothing. And then in game seven, two to one. And then three to two. They would come back and win all of them. This one goes to overtime at the Garden. Now Panarin goes in. He shoots. He scores. He scores. Rangers. Rangers. Rangers win. Ah, the great Sam Rosen on the MSG Network. How do you get those legendary calls in legendary moments? Overtime. Down 3-1, guys. Bananas. It's the fourth year in a row now for Pittsburgh that they've failed to win a round, and there's lots of questions there. Where are they in terms of long in the tooth, contracts? You know, I, I, I don't know. It's hard to look at that team and the way they played in this series and feel like, well, they're, they're, I mean, they're done. I don't know. I feel like you got to run it back, even though you've a lot of guys to f- sign. If you're going to run it back, Dean, what's Chris Letang uh, cost? Been a first round exit four straight years. Evan Rodriguez is a big breakout story for them. He needs a contract, and that comes in way behind the likes of Malkin, Letang, and Rust. Big off season there for Berkey and company. Rust is going to be interesting. He's thirty. He'll Score be another. Goals. He'll be another one of those guys that. How much do you pay the thirty year old? That's Puts up a lot of goals. Is it's connection to Sid? I don't know that it's the same as the Coleman-Hyman situation from a year ago, but I don't know if it's a lot uh, dissimilar. I wanted to play another uh, goal from that. Uh, this was the Rangers uh, goal. Again, Panarin in overtime. You heard the TV call. Here was Rangers radio. Top the right circle. Moves in. Shoots. Off the... It's in! Oh! It's over! Artemi Panari scores, and the Rangers have won game seven in overtime. Unbelievable. They're mobbing Panarin in the far corner. The Rangers are moving on after another comeback victory. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. 
Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Some moments in round one, boys. Holy. Do we know who that is on the... Uh... Color? A fairly resilient Radio color. Fairly resilient group there in New York. It seems so. Many comebacks. Now, helps when you get the you know the best goalie on earth this season. Well, and Pittsburgh outshot them forty-five thirty yesterday. Apparently, it's one of the most lopsided series in terms of shot attempts that a team has lost in terms of since that data's been out there. Better them than here. You know what it was? It was uh, that was when I saw that tweet. I'm like. It's somewhere in the second or third period last night in Calgary, and you're like, this will be the series that's more lopsided than that if Dallas wins tonight. Oof. It was, a, it was unbelievable. unbelievable. It was unbelievable. All right. Yeah. It was really great. Now, we made our, uh, our predictions prior to round number one, and I'm not great at taking notes, mm. but uh, did we all have the Rangers winning that series? I thought you had Penguinos, no? Some like Penguins. I had, uh, I had the Rangers. Yeah. What? I think we all had the Rangers. Oh, that was the round I was going to make up ground on you, Terrence. Well, no, we... Damn it. What are you talking about? We all uh, we all had the Rangers, the Panthers, the Avs, and the Flames. Not in the numbers, obviously. Uh, Dumas had Flames in five. You and I, Ryan, had them in six. We all had... Well, Avs. We all had Avs. You had five. Dumas and I had four... Uh, you had Panthers in four. I had them in five. Dumas, bang on, in six. And then I had Rangers seven. You guys had Rangers in six. Now, on the other side, mm. uh, I had Canes in six. You guys had Boston in seven. Almost. Almost. Yeah. Dumas and I had Leafs in seven. Yeah. You had Lightning in seven. Odds game seven. I love it. You had Wild in six. Dumas and I had Blues in seven. And we all took the Oilers in five or six games. And it is, it's a first round. When you have that many go that deep, it's hard. We'll talk to, to Kiprios coming up. Every scenario is different. Because the one in Pittsburgh where you've got some older guys, unrestricted free agents, that's different than what's going on in Toronto. And that's different than Washington. And it's different than Minnesota. Minnesota's got that unique Spot with those contract and the salary twelve recaptures. plus million bucks this year to Suter and Parise to not play for them, and then the next year and the year after that, fifteen plus on buyouts for those two guys. We all sit before the start of the postseason, and you look at those two threes: the Wild and the Blues, the Rangers and Penguins, Leafs and Lightning. Someone's got to lose, and that's terrible. That somebody's going to be going home. Yeah, uh, but yet you sit here and you can't, you have to judge, and they will be judged and. Mm -hmm. And for all the, like, this isn't fair, blah, blah, blah. Look, this is an entertainment business. How good were those two threes? Incredible. They were they, you bleeping the amazing. And I'm sorry, if you're going to get ousted in round one, you weren't going to win the cup. So it might have been one round. You say, oh, geez, we should have gone around two. Well, no one cares. There's no parades around two. There's no banners around two. The, the format that they've come up with is to get more regional rivalries earlier in the playoffs, which is what people want. Less travel for teams, more rabid fans, more intrigue. Kind of sounds like you support this. Well, I mean, it's not if you're Toronto, you can scream it's not fair. And you're like, yeah, you're right. But you weren't winning the cup anyway if you couldn't beat Boston, Montreal, Boston, Boston, Tampa. Like, sorry, you just weren't. So maybe you deserve to get to the second round. Do you feel better now? No one cares. Of the wild cards, obviously Boston 
and Dallas get to sevens. Nashville got swept. Missed their goalie. And the Capitals get to six. The four division leaders, Florida, Carolina in the east, Colorado, Calgary in the west, move on. And Oilers is a two seed. Rangers is a two seed. Get through Tampa, the three seed. And of St. course, Louis, the, the three seed. And what was the difference between the Blues and the Wild? Not a lot. What goaltending, to be honest? Experience. That too. You, if- you'd think Mark Andre Fleury's experience would have helped, but it was Huso and Bennington that outshone he, and then Talbot only got one game, game six. And while we're up 2 1 in that series, right? Yep. I believe they were up 2 to 1 in that series. And I think they were up 2 1 in game five at home. Series tied at two. And then that blues depth just started to to chip away. I think it was two in St. Louis, not as it, but it was they were they were at, had the lead at game five at home. To go ahead three two in theory. Caprizov had the two power play goals in the first period to erase a one goal deficit into the locker room. They're, you're up two one at home in game five, series tied. The uh blues took game one four zip. Minnesota ties it. 6-2 with a win in, uh, in game two. Goes to St. Louis. The Wild win game three, 5-1. Yeah, okay. yeah. So they led 2-1 and a 5-1 wow. win in game three on the road. That felt big now that you refresh our memories. And then the Blues respond with a 5-2 win in game four to tie it. They win 5-2 in Minnesota in, uh, in five and then 5-1. So they scored five goals in games four, five, and six. Oof. Flurry, flurry, Talbot. Flurry, flurry, Talbot. And it's Bennington now, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Huso at some point here. Knowing what Colorado can do to teams and knowing how comfortable the Blues have been going between their two guys this year and that Huso played a a lot more than Bennington from the turn of the calendar till the end of the season. They're a blowout loss from going to Huso, which could be game one. It's crazy. It's crazy. You look back in like February, St. Louis – they weren't even thinking of putting Biddington in the net. Like, oh, he was a rough, rough go. Yeah, lost faith in the guy. He's getting pulled. He's getting the. Uh, it just seemed like every start that he was in, the games were tough for St. Louis, and they and just, Huso was amazing. Yeah, phenomenal run. And then that number at the start of the playoffs, zero and nine in his previous nine playoffs. Biddington, yeah, Biddington's numbers were awful. Hadn't, hadn't won since they beat the Bruins in the final. Yeah. So you had to go. Who? Of course, you wrote Huso. He was Huso was the best. He was, wasn't even close. And then it's playoffs, baby. You know what it is? Thought at the end of the day. Unbelievable. It's all unbelievable. What's, what I'm I'm yeah. curious. What does Talbot have left? Like one year. It was and, a three year deal he signed, and Markstrom signed a six year deal here. Is that right? Boom. Are Are you Are you a little bad taste in your mouth there? Oh, good. Thanks. Thanks for giving me the last one, boys. I thought like, they should have gone to him sooner, happen? but you also bring in a Hall of Famer at the deadline at the price they did. I, I get it. We looked That's last week. Spot. His numbers against Talbot's numbers down the stretch were great. Prior to the arrival of Flurry, were kind of shaky. As soon as he they got They bring there. in Flurry. Yeah. He went on an incredible roll, but his numbers against St. Louis were not very good. But that's not fair because the entire Minnesota team I know, was dog-shirt against St. Louis for yes. two and a half years. It was not just the goalie, right? But if you're looking for a justification as to why would you have gone with Flurry, he's I, a veteran, and maybe I, that's part of the rationale. I, I think the, the, you add a guy at the deadline at the price they did. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Probably more than, hey, we struggled against St. Louis. Because everyone, like, it was two and a half years, didn't beat them. And now, can they beat the Avalanche? 
Can anyone beat the Avalanche? We've almost forgotten about them. Maybe they just, can we just get rid of them? Can Maybe we promote them to a different uh, tournament? Yeah, I right. have a feeling they'll be back on our radar here quite shortly. <laughs> the uh, the Leafs are done. Three Canadian teams. We, we, knew now, we know now that at least one is getting to the final four. And were the Leafs, could they be one of them? The answer is no, as they have lost again in round number one. It feels different, but again, we're not right in the teeth of it in Toronto which maybe means we're, we can think more clearly than they can. I'm not sure. We'll talk to Nick Kiprios, the former Leaf, co-host of Real Kipper and Born on the Fan in Toronto. Get his take on what the temperature is. Is it time to be patient? Can you have more patience? God, if, you, if you'd gone back to the beginning of the season, Dean, and said that they lost in round one, who's getting fired, right? Yeah. Even midseason, Brunton was saying it. He's saying like, if they don't do something, this GM's not going to get a job again. That's a rational human. That's how crazy that market is. Kiprios, when we come back, Sports Night, uh, whatever it is, 960 The Fan. So tired. Boomer in the Morning is on right now. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, Calgary. Join us on the hotline brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, 13-time Consumer Choice Award winner. Every dollar you spend, you will earn points towards free pizza with their rewards program. It's Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Hour three of the program continues. Corey Sarich here with us. Flames last night. Find a way. Get it done. Move on to round number two against the Edmonton Oilers. That will begin on Wednesday at the Dome. Every other night, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, we'll get a couple days to take a deep breath and then get ready for the first one in 31 years. Hydrate, sleep, hyperbaric chamber. Yeah, do whatever eat you your veggies, do. let's go. Vitamin C, vitamin D, all the vitamins. Going to be a wild couple weeks here in our province. Can't wait. Friend of the show joins us from Toronto this morning. The Leafs season came to a close on the weekend. Nick Kiprios, host, co-host of Real Kipper and Born on 590 The Fan, joins us. Uh, Kipper, good morning, man. It's good, uh, good of you to take some time. We do appreciate it. If, if there's one thing we've been able to appreciate here, it's the how, how thin the line is between winning and losing. You get to a game seven, you get to a one-goal game, you get to overtime, and you, media, hockey's, hockey executives, they're left to kind of pick up the pieces and decide, well, who, who succeeded and who failed and what's the difference between the two. And I, I feel like we'd have been doing a similar thing here in Calgary had they not got one, the one bounce that they got that Toronto didn't get on Saturday. From where you sit, big picture, where what what do the what does this Leafs offseason look what should it look like and what do you think it will look like moving forward? Well, first of all, I, I, it's nice of you to say that you appreciate my time, but here here in Toronto, that's all we have now. Oh, no, come on now. You're busy golfing. Right? I don't know. Busy guy. <laughs> Always good having you. Yeah, there's such a fine line, eh, uh, core between uh moving on or we're having the rest of your summer uh, to look forward to on uh, on a day like today. Uh, but it's been outstanding hockey. I could not take my eyes off of last night's game and uh, and whether or not Ottinger was going to do something historic or not. Um, but fantastic. Uh, but like we said, it's a fine line. So here Calgary is moving on and Toronto's uh, maybe second-guessing a lot of things and, and where do they go from here. But uh, that's the beauty of sport. And, 
you know, it, it, it always feels like uh, it feels that much better when you know the alternative of losing. And that's why Calgary fans are elated this morning and, and Leaf fans are scratching their heads. And <clears throat> time to now reflect on on where, where it kind of went wrong for the Leafs. Uh, in the past, it's been uh, finger-pointing at Mitch Marners and Austin Matthews not showing up and sucking uh, the life out of the salary cap. That's not the case here. Uh, the big boys... Uh, for the most part, uh, showed up. Um, but like I said, there's a, there's just still that fine line of, of winning and, and losing. And unfortunately, uh, the support group wasn't there as much as maybe uh, the likes of a, a Calgary or obviously a Colorado and then uh, the New York Rangers. Like, look at Zabatajad. He shows up in a game seven. Goudreau shows up in a game seven. Kachuk shows up in a game seven, all scoring big goals. You know, that, that fine line between that and, uh, and not scoring, moving on and not moving on. That's, that's where the Toronto Maple Leafs are right now, doing a lot of head scratching and soul searching. Would you say that they outplayed Tampa but got unlucky, or is that too strongly worded? I, I, I just, from all my experience of watching and playing, um, they're not as deep as Tampa Bay. And I think the better team won. Now, could they have had a bounce here and there? Uh, yes. And could they have found themselves uh, moving on? Yes. It's close. Uh, but when you're built from the net on out, and I, I, I look at that game seven, and it was one on the backs of Vasilevsky, Hedman, and McDonough for me. And that was just all about shutting down, and the Leafs didn't have uh, they didn't have the physical element in their game to get through guys like Hedman and McDonough, and you know that's where if you're Calgary, you go searching for a Coleman, right? Who just he keeps hammering you and hammering you and hammering you until you break, and Kalorn does that, Palat does that outside of the big four for Toronto, then you're into the McKayevs, the Angvalls, the Kerfoots, and speedy guys, but they're going to find a way to try to go around you because the, their first instinct is not to go through you. So what happens in net uh, with, with Jack Campbell? He is, uh, he's an unrestricted free agent, came in and was was spectacular when he came in, and at times this season was spectacular. Is there enough there to – he's 30 years old. Goalies are so hard to figure out at the best of times, but Mrazek is signed for a couple more years. Where's where's Jack Campbell's future? Well, for, for Leaf fans and for Kyle Dubas, you hope that his future's in Toronto, but not sure you can afford him. Again, when we're talking about a team pressed up against the cap – uh, no look for, don't look any further than Toronto and, and the issues there. I'm not sure that they can afford him. Jack did enough to show that he could be a number one goalie and he can uh, go to toe-to-toe in a series with Vasilevsky. And uh, the, the, Toronto's not sitting on the sidelines today because of Jack Campbell. Uh, Jack Campbell did what he needed to do to, to show people that if Toronto doesn't want to pay me, I, I think someone else is going to want to pay me. And, uh, you know, I've said it right from the get-go that Jack had put himself earlier on in the season as a, as a legitimate $5 million a year goalie. 
That's not take a look around the league. You're not looking at exactly superstars goalies at five million. That's just market value for these guys. I'm not sure the Leafs can even afford five million. And then they've got Mrazek who disappointed them beyond belief. He always had history of of being unhealthy and uh case in point this season is just a complete disaster and tied up almost $4 million a year on the cap. Those things moving forward for Toronto are a nightmare. So as close as people think that the Toronto Maple Leafs are to maybe coming back next year and, and, and beating a Tampa and going to a Stanley Cup final or winning it, that, that salary cap is a major, major anchor. And uh, I, I don't know what Kyle Dubas does about it because uh, – it's an issue, major issue. Uh, and what about Mark Giordano? Not the exact same spot as Jack Campbell, but a guy they bring in who's a free agent. Uh, interestingly, at, he'll turn 39 in October and is from Toronto. Yeah. And listen, uh, Gio did a, a terrific job of coming in and stabilizing that, that blue line, but uh, Gio cannot play 20 minutes a night for 82 games and then expect to play every other night in the playoffs at his age. It's too much of an ask. And, uh, you know, if, if he wants to come back and they can put him in, maybe find a way to keep him fresh throughout the year. So, so in the playoffs, he can be, you know, uh, a very useful guy for sure. But he, he's not a top four defenseman. He's a five or six. And what does that mean then uh, on the cost? Well, you know, Mark Giordano is still very valuable. And these are the type of guys that uh, somehow, some way, all the top teams find a way to add for for a year uh, at this point in his career. But for Toronto to bring back Giordano, uh, at what cost? Because anything, I think, above a million dollars a year is going to be very stressful on their salary cap. So does Gio want to stay at home now and and do what Spezza did and say, hey, listen, uh, I'll play for free. Uh, I don't need any money. I made my money. I made seventy million, eighty million. I like being in Toronto. Well, if that's the case, then take minimum, and leave as much money you can off, off the cap. So that's a that's a geo question. Where is he on that? Now, me personally, I think there's a team out there that could pay him a million and a half, two million uh, next year, because he is very, very serviceable still in the National Hockey League. Not to mention a great guy and uh, uh, a terrific leader to come things down but it's just about what what geo sees now but i for the least they can't pay him much more than a million dollars uh head coach and gm either in trouble or both going to be back next year or, or are we still waiting don't don't get the sense that they're in trouble uh everything points in the direction that uh they'll they'll get another year and even if you did fire them and replace them whoever comes in has the same issues uh a salary cap that's got you by the neck and uh, some uh, lack of depth, I think, behind your big boys when you needed it most. Uh, like I said, many of the third and fourth liners were nowhere to be found, uh, helping put the puck in the net or backing off the likes of a Hedman or a McDonough. So they're going to have to revisit that third and fourth line uh, next year. The big boys are fine if you want to keep them. Some say trade Nylander for a defenseman, but... I'm not sure they can even afford to, to get rid of a, a 35-goal score, um, especially when he's there to 
help Tavares out, who has slowed down significantly in the last year and a half, two years. So they're in a pickle. I'm not sure where they go, but uh, it doesn't appear like those guys are in danger of losing their jobs. Nick, we, we talked a little bit here. We've been comparing, you know, the, the series that we just witnessed. Uh, Dallas Stars is an opponent for the Calgary Flames. Obviously, the Toronto, Toronto Maple Leafs are faced with a much tougher task in defending the Tampa Bay Lightning. They've got the experience. They've got the depth. Can you just give us a little bit of an overall picture? Uh, you told us a little bit of what they were lacking as far as depth up front. How did the defense hold up against that? lightning team just give me kind of an overall review we got to watch a few of the games out here just you're you're so close to it any pieces missing there any ads any yeah there there is um for sure and listen i I like morgan riley Uh, i think he's a a very good player but is he in the upper echelon of top defensemen in the league Uh, can you compare him to uh, a victor Hedman? uh no so that means that you're gonna have to you're going to have to support him with another guy like him. And that's, that's the other thing, too, that, that failed the Leafs miserably was their power play. And, again, Morgan's a good player, but is he a true number one quarterback on a power play? At times he struggled. And then after that, the Leafs had nobody, absolutely nobody. And, you know, you got, you got a Jake Muzzin who's making uh, close to $6 million, not a power play guy. Uh, T.J. Brody, $5 million, not a power play guy. So you tell me how that blue line really shaped up to beat Tampa Bay when you look at uh, you know, the, the lack of true skill on the back end. And then they went and got uh, Labushkin, who was actually pretty good. But at the end of the day, 5-6 defenseman. Gio, at the end of the day, for two, a second rounder and a third rounder, you know, a, a 4, 5, or 6 the one and twos are missing on that blue line. And uh, another issue that they're going to have to address is finding somebody to come in and take the pressure off Morgan Riley, especially on the power play. Doing a radio show today, Nick, are you? I got two hours of this. Atta boy. Well, see, <laughs> just got you warmed up. Just warming you up. Just heat, heating those you tanks. Sure do. There you go. Thanks, Kipper. Hey. Have fun, eh? Battle of Alberta. How great is that? We'll be watching and loving every second of it. Yeah, we're pretty pumped. Thank you, sir. We'll talk to you again. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Nick Kiprios, co-host of Real Kipper and Born on uh, Sportsnet 590, the fan. Um, I didn't realize, I guess, since I didn't realize they had Mrazek for two more years at 3.8. Well, and Freddie Anderson, it was like, well, he's had a bad year. And he signed the five, which is kind of the number if you're not an elite starter, but you're a starter. And awesome year with Carolina until he got hurt. Like, for a while, it looked like he'd be one of those three Vesna finalists. Um, I don't know. It, mm-hmm. That's it's, it's an issue, but they've gotten themselves out of bigger pickles than this cap-wise. I mean, Kipper talks about it, but the GM's been a Houdini moving stuff. Like, the Nick Ritchie deal, awful. Got rid of it. Marlowe's deal, last year, brutal. Got rid of it. Like, they, they find ways. And they'll put another 100-point regular season together next year. It's just what's beyond that we need to figure out. It is time for What You Want to Talk About, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Do you own a pharmacy? Find out how Calgary Lock and Safe can retrofit your locks to meet the new mandates. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Uh-huh. 960, 960. 
Um, uh, boys, please, uh, public service announcement. Flames fans, do not sell your tickets to Oilers fans. Do your research. Ask the hard questions. Keep the C. Don't think red. you get to see who's buying them if you use the second whatever the second. Well, I think you just you know if it's uh, depending. Just on sell to friends. That's the rule. Or, or don't sell them. Just go. go. It's the first one in 31 years. Make plans to be there. Had a buddy yesterday. He's like, guys, in the group chat, can't go tonight. I got three on the glass. I paid X. Like, well, that's a big number. And one of the guys is like, you're going. I'm coming with you. Somebody else is too. They're on the glass and have videos of them celebrating in the exact corner of the overtime winner was scored. Everyone's happy they used their tickets. That's See? a good friend. See? Friends make friends Smarten go. Smarten them up. Yes. Don't get fancy. Go to the games. Yes. It's playoffs. You can sleep when you're dead. That's my policy for the playoffs this year. Isn't this what everyone's been craving? Lack Forever? of sleep? Forever? Extra yes. drama? Some more stress in your life? Yeah. You mm-hmm. could have had lots of sleep this week if things went horribly wrong last night. They're well rested in Vancouver. You want that? Mm. No. I'm thoroughly thoroughly pleased that we're in here talking about the things we're talking about today. I oh, I sent a little note to Art and said, "So, do I get to come in either way on Monday?" Right. Just after. I can't uh, say the word win or that other word, but do you still want me in here? He's like, "Oh yeah." I'm like, "Oh." Yeah. Cuz I really only want to come in if we win. You know, Pinder's still not wearing uh, the jersey. Do you know what I've got to? I, don't know. I saw, I didn't see a lot of red last night. I had the uh, the Andrew Mangipani go to the easel and draw the logo t-shirt, which I love, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also benefits, I believe, uh, brain research in town. Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. So that was a good one. And the leather jacket won in game one when I was in the suite with Bo Levi. So I thought we'd go back to that. But if you're wearing black over top of red, it defeats the sea of the, red. Well, I'm up in mm-hmm. the part where there's no light. It's so dark, no one sees. So if I was in the lower bowl, I would have gone red. But I went red game two lower bowl, and they lost. But you went with, like, a, a soccer jersey. No, the Cannons t-shirt. You know what? If We're talking about everyone buying in. Mm-hmm. Would you buy in? Like, how, how much, what needs to happen before you just... So have you have I've now been convinced pride. that yes, okay, I will wear a jersey. Now the problem is is that I'm moving between homes and all the jerseys are in one box somewhere in a garage. Yeah. Hey, guess what, Ryan? There's some more for sale. I I've know. got one with a big six on it if you want it. <laughs> and you know what? My fortieth birthday, somebody <laughs> gifted me a Warner forty four jersey. No one will tell me who it is. It's not a good prank unless you know, like no one's even bugging me about not knowing. Mm-hmm. Somebody gifted me a Warner 44. Boom. It's sitting somewhere. Well, you got a few days. You've got options. And we just reach out. 44? Yes, of course. All right, let's go. I just want, just wear red. Uh, can I change the name bar and get the brand now? Sure. Do whatever you want. <laughs> Kidding. Uh, and somebody else saying it, and don't sell your red lot tickets that are free. Don't. Oh, that's a Richard move. Yeah, mm. they were online for. Don't do that. Hundred bucks, hundred fifty bucks. Did we ever? Do we ever get a number? How many did they? How many were I produced? Think, are they not saying it's around five thousand in there? I haven't. Like the broadcast, they probably was ish. Like you just want to keep it down low. Okay. It's mm. not important. Yeah. Right? Oh, really? There's a fire marshal on a fishing trip. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fire marshals. Nowhere to be found. Just Where is under he? Oh, I don't know. He's got other things. Yeah, it's not important. Uh, what if you wear a black blasty jersey? No, 
It's the sea of red. It's the playoffs. Well, and there were some white jerseys on the glass celebrating I know. time last night. There I were mean, quite a few black ones in the section, too. I saw them get some camera time. There's a hierarchy. Red is best. The rest are jerseys, not red. Mm, no. And then non-jersey would be the lowest. No. Regular season, wear what you'd like. Correct. Playoffs, sea of red, red only. Sea of red. red the red lot, sea of red, red. We're seeing a theme. Like, yeah. What? what, what? Red shirt or I'm, white jersey? And I feel like I'm not blasting people for doing the wave. I just feel like this is common sense. Excellent behavior from the fans last night. No Ooh, sign of the wave. There were two just to my back left. I hope they got shouted down. At 2-2 two, two in the third. No. Yes. How did that get received? <laughs> it, there, there was only two and there wasn't. No one moved. Good. Solidarity, people. No one moved. I wore my autographed Cron Quad Cities jersey. It's now 2-0. Wow. Who signed it? Cron? I heard of him. Quad City DJs. There you go. Um, There were more than 5,000. Yeah, I would, I, would say, I would suppose there were probably more than 5,000. But again, it's not important. There was, just, there was a lot of people having you a good time. You know more than you're leading on, I think. I just don't know why we need to worry about it. If you get a ticket, go. Yeah. Don't ask how many just, oh, it's a lot of people. Yeah, that's right. What is there, five, six, seven? Uh, it's a lot of people. Tickets are free. Don't worry about it. Um, what part of red is hard, people? Ah, I, it's just it's the playoffs. It's playoffs. Uh, what about the, uh, no, the lady who was behind uh, the Dallas bench, she's staying in Dallas. She's not, she's been converted to a Flames fandom? I don't think so. Did you see the photo I sent you from Edmonton? I did, Bit yeah. of a different vibe. Bit of a different vibe, yeah, 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 yeah. The Monaghan Johnny Hug after the game got me right in the feels. A lot of people got hit hard in the feels there. Johnny goes out for his twirl as the first star saw of the game. It. I saw it. Gets back underneath. There's Who's waiting? Oh, Monty. Great game, Johnny. I'm so excited right now. I think some pee just came out because I'm so excited. Feels like a shot. Gotta be honest. Battle of Alberta. It's off. Just doesn't get better than this. I'm, I'm freaking out. <laughs> oh, my God! What do you got coming up in uh, Flamestock? Rick Ball. Oh, nice. So little Rick Ball. I texted him at twelve thirty. Said, eh, tomorrow. Because if you, I understand. And he's uh, like, yeah. Oh no, we're on. Not a boy. Ricky Might boy. still be up. You know, Rick. And he nailed it, by the way. Rick Ball coming up. What you want to talk about? Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Operate your locks with the touch of your phone. Upgrade to smart locks with Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. See you tomorrow, buddies.